Good evening. Welcome to the Fantasy World Card Christmas special. We've got the semi-finals in the books. We've got Championship Weekend coming up. But before we get to that, you know what time it is. I just want to rewind to when we were young Good evening. Yes, welcome in. We've got the rewind music in the background, but it is our Christmas special. I'm your host, Kev. I'm the fifth ever host of the rewind show, so I feel very privileged. I'm like, we could be like the Spice Girls, I guess, in a way. So, um, yeah, I wonder which one I am. Let us know. Mel B. Mel B. <laughs> yeah, we look very similar. Um, so, yeah, let's introduce the, the folks tonight. We've got the best three from Fantasy Wildcard. We've got the best two from the Dynasty Show. We've got the best one from the Rewind Show. I'll come to you first, Paul. Merry Christmas. How are you doing, mate? Oh, happy Christmas, mate. It's been a wonderful, wonderful, festive few days of eating loads of food, loads of crap, watching football, making loads of money on football. I've had absolutely amazing weekend with betting as well. And and it's just been it's just been all round just so much joy have you had a good christmas have you had a good time with the family i've had a brilliant christmas yeah when you said making and then l i thought it was going to be a little bit graphic a bit of making love but you know it's uh it's been a brilliant brilliant festive period obviously you've got all the games going into new year at uh, christmas day and um it, it, that red zone sunday evening was absolutely fantastic how it was going off everywhere you're wrapping the final bits of presents getting it all prepped I loved it. It was a, a brilliant weekend. Um, this one just gone for the semis. And speaking of semis, I get some when I see this guy. We've got Mags. How are you doing, mate? It's good to be back. You know, I've not been not been on the wild card show or doing anything for about two weeks. Been very under the weather, but I'm I'm ready to go. And congrats, Kev, for being the fifth host of. Of the, the wild card team as well. And you know, the host might be different, but the banter will stay the same because when you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game. Oh, oh he's done changed, it. You've changed. You've changed. Yeah, you've gone onto the Dynasty show and you've turned into a proper a proper Kev boy. You know, you're exactly you're like the, the perfect person for Kev. Oh, that's that's my Christmas present to Kev. You're welcome. Thank you so much. That's amazing. I think it's going to be a very interesting not show. He's not got a semi anymore, I'll tell you that. <laughs> He's got six to midnight. <laughs> six to midnight, bloody hell. Um, wow, you've completely thrown me off here. I think it, just when I saw that it was going to be us three on the show, I was thinking, oh my, I've got a, a lot on tonight to keep you boys in in, in check. But um, we have got a, a cracking show. Um, that is a little hint to our first topic. But yeah, we're going to keep it Christmas themed. Um, we're going to look back at week 16, we're going to be rewinding, but then a little bit towards the end, we're going to look a little bit to the future as well. So come to us first topic, the Christmas cracker. I want to know from you guys, what was the highlight performance of week 16? So looking for a player that stood out to you and was a, a Christmas cracker this week. Sorry, I'm just taking a drink. So... <laughs> <laughs> right, so my Christmas cracker this week, and and I've put it on you because I know I'm on the show with Mags, and I know Mags like hates this guy, and he ribs him so much and stuff. It's Kyron Williams. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. So, Max, I want you as a Christmas present. You've just done that for Kev. I want you as a Christmas present for me to admit that Kyron Williams is a good running back. I want you to do it right now. Kyron Williams is good in this system. Yes, he is. All of it. No, no, no. I'm not having it. That's a technical answer. Okay, that's a technical answer. But Kyle Williams, yet again, had over 104 rushing yards. He had another touchdown. He's absolutely dominating it. And when we speak of league winners, to me, Kyron Williams is a league winner. He's somebody that was a late-round pick, and not, and not many people picked him up. He's actually a waiver wire pickup as well. And he's come in. He's absolutely dominated. He's doing it all the time. And he's helped me get to the final of my home redraft league. So he's he's my Christmas cracker of this week. But I do want to ask you guys a question. How many times this season has he scored less than d- double-digit points? Take away the four games that he missed because of an injury. Okay, yeah, he's a volume guy, isn't he? Anyway, so, um, Max, do you want to go first or shall I have a pop? Uh, give me, give me, give me three. Yeah, I'll go for four. Twice. Okay. Week three against the Bengals, he had um, 38 rushing yards and he had 27 receiving yards and then Week five against the Philly Eagles, he had 53 rushing yards and four receiving yards. And that was it. Literally, that was it. So, Mags, take it back that he's a good dude in this system and tell me that he's a good running back. Tell me. Just for Christmas, Max. We're okay, Paul. This will be your Christmas present. Kyle Williams is better than I thought he no, was. No, 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 no. And it's Kyle having Williams a very good, good season. He's so a very, very good, good season. And After he's... making me draft shitloads of Dwayne McBride, okay? Are you leaving Dwayne McBride out of this, Paul? All right. I've got more than you. I've got as many shirts of him as you. And we're both sad about it, all right? <laughs> oh, yeah. gosh, I think yeah, with with Kyron Williams, he's he's been a mild surprise, hasn't it? Like uh, you mentioned, he was on, potentially on waivers before the season, and what he's done is fantastic. Uh, it's completely blown my mind. Um, I think he's still a volume guy. I think it is system based, but I think what running backs are system based in terms of the the style of play that they have fits a certain certain role. I, I don't think. McVeigh is a, a loyal lover. I think he could always pull the rug from underneath him, but what he's done is great. I think looking into next season, it's very interesting. Just taking the dynasty slant is what top 10 dynasty running back just about. Seeing in redraft, if nothing happens in free agency or draft, he's going to be what a, again a top top 10, top 12 running back. Um, his name might come up a little bit later on in the show again, just to give you a little hint. But, Throwing it back to you guys, how much comfort do you have in Kyron Williams looking into next season? Come to you first, Paul. Ooh, I was hoping you'd go to Mags first. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I love Kyron Williams, but when it when it comes to like looking at next season, I think I'm I think I'm more looking at this is probably a like a peak value for him. I don't really think you're going to get much higher value 
now, and especially if if you like you said, if you go through if the Rams go through the draft and don't really bring anything in at running back or anything like that, I do think he is a good running back, but he is he is at his peak for value now. And I and I do think especially in Dynasty when you're trying to build teams around like wide receivers, if you could if you could use that as a part to get you a really, really good young wide receiver, I definitely think I'd be looking at selling him. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, just look at the total confidence people had in Cam Akers at the, this time last year when Cam Akers was putting up Kyron Williams' numbers for week in, week out in that exact same system. And look at him now, right? Cam Akers is done. He's been dropped almost everywhere. I know it was because of injury, but he went somewhere else and he looked terrible. Absolutely terrible. So if they bring in somebody else, which I suspect they will, there's a good chance that you know they could come in and take his job because, like I said, I kind of was playing very well in the system, but he's I still think he's very, very replaceable. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think he's a volume guy. I think he, there is a concerns over McVeigh and his, his system as such and what, what it could potentially do. Um, a final question for you, Mags. Obviously, you've not been his biggest fan this season. Would you consider drafting him next season in either view draft or dynasty if the value was right for you? He would. He would. Uh, would I draft him next season? <laughs> The value's not going to be right. He's got it's the value's never going to be right for me because he's way up there. Like he's in people's like as high as like top like seven running backs, and he's just not that for me. If if there's a scenario where I mean for whatever reason the Rams don't draft someone, then I'm more comfortable taking him up there because I've seen that he can do it. But that would have to happen. If the Rams come out and draft, and this running back class, while not very heavy at the top, there are a lot of really, really good running backs that will go day three. If they take one of those guys, I imagine they will cut into his workload. So the only way I would take him is if the Rams go and don't draft a running back at all. That's that'll be the only time I'm really going to take him. Otherwise, the value's not going to be there for me. Please, sir, can I can I ask a question? I had a feeling. Um, Mag, so so I just want to know yeah. how many how many running backs would you take before Kyron Williams in a in a dynasty startup now? In a dynasty startup, all right, let's see. Um, so if I just pull up the rankings right now, so I'd take Christian McCaffrey, I'd take uh, Travis Etienne, Brees Hall, Jameer Gibbs, I'd take Bijan Robinson, I'd take, mm, I'd still take mm, Saquon Barkley, I would take. Devon Chan, I would. Where it starts to get a bit tricky is whenever we, I take Jonathan Taylor as well. I'm just going down this year's rankings on, on points scored. Where it gets a bit tricky is whenever you get to a guy like Javante Williams. That is kind of the that is kind of like the where am I getting like the value? Would I go Kyron Williams? Would I go Javante Williams? So whatever ranking Javante Williams is, probably about running back fifteen, I would say right. This is just of this year's scores, not including people injured. I haven't, I haven't got the rankings up. I've just got the scores this year. So I would say Javante Williams is probably most people's running back 15 or so. That's where I'd have Karen Williams, which is way lower than everyone else I recognize. I don't think you're happy with that here, Paul, but never mind. I, 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 was just, I was just curious, you know. I, I'm like, 
look at looking at some things and some people have him obviously a lot higher and stuff you know so i just wondered where you were mags considering you were pretty out on him where you'd sort of be comfortable to take him it's a weird thing with him because I'm, I'm, ho I'm hoping that list you gave was not right because you had Bijan at five, you know. <laughs> well, that is that is uh, the running back. Um, like I'm, I just went through who's like running back one on the year, and I went down that way. So that shows you how bad a season Bijan's had because it took me that long to get to him. Um, but I was skipping over people like Mostert and things like that from from that list. But he, he is a weird one. Like I don't think that he's a good player, but I also recognise that he will like score points given the right scenario so it's a bit of an odd he's in that weird kind of i just think the whole running back scene is as after right now I, I don't understand how we got people like rashad white and james cook who are again nothing special they're up there dominating like it's it's a very odd odd thing. i think come 2025 there's going to be a bit of a reckoning for the running back position because the 2025 draft class is running back heavy and we might see a monumental shift like we have a tight end this year. I think that's coming very soon. All over that, fast forward to the future with your time machine. We'll love that. I think, yeah, wrapping it up on Williams, he is a gamble um, based on everything we know. And the next guy we're going to talk about, he's he's been known to dabble a bit in the past as well. He was um, a bit of a gamble this week, I thought, but it, it turned out to be a sensible bet in the end. So, Max, who's a Christmas cracker for you? Yeah, finally, this guy's coming to life a little bit. Uh, we finally got Calvin Ridley going about time because he was he was dead and buried for a couple of weeks there. He came out week one and had an absolute stormer and then just went real, real quiet. And not much happened until maybe the last two, three weeks now in a row where he's been playing really, really well. I mean, last week he went nine receptions, 90 yards, two touchdowns. Really, really strong performance. I don't know if it's because of the injury to Christian Kirk. I presume, yes, that he's so suddenly seen this big bump up. The Jags are playing from behind a lot more recently as well with their form. That's helping too. But I'm glad that we're finally seeing the real Calvin Ridley. Has me excited for next year. I know he's an older prospect, but remember, he, he didn't play for two years. So there's obviously a bit of rust there. So I've got more confidence heading into next season. Being a person that owns a lot of Calvin Ridley, I'm pretty happy going into next year. Even though the age cliff is coming, I'm, I'm happy with what I'm seeing as he's getting back up to match fitness. Yeah, I've got to admit, he was on a semi-final lineup of mine and I was absolutely shitting my pants seeing <laughs> that he was on minus 1.2 fantasy points at about yeah. half time. Like He had a minus 12-yard rush watching it like, what are you doing, pal? Like You see someone get panned in the backfield that fight thinking, please don't be one of my players. Yeah, and obviously it was so. Um, the way he turned it round, it swung my semi in my favour on this occasion. But um, but yeah, I think I read somewhere number three in targets over the past three weeks. Obviously, the Kirk injury has been yeah been massive. It seems like Engram's had a really good um, really good spell of things with without Kirk, but also yeah, Ridley has as well. Um, just thinking about Championship Week. Uh, as it's as itself as such, there's the injury to Trevor Lawrence. There's Ridley that over the seasons been a little bit up and down. He's, he's a top twenty four wide receiver, but he's uh, he doesn't feel like that as an owner. Um, I think there's been lots of boom bust weeks. Championship week, Trevor Lawrence questionable. Ridley up and down. Let's say you've got a shallow lineup to pick, Paul. Paul picking. Um, can you put Ridley in your lineup next week? 
for the big one if it's a sh- if it's a small lineup or say because if it's if it's like six wide receivers then obviously yeah you don't ask me this question let's let's ask max max would you put him <laughs> in your lineup would you would you uh, I'm gonna have to in a lot of places. Okay, okay, okay. So we all need to bench him. So every time Mag says he's in on Calvin Ridley, <laughs> he does nothing. And then when he goes, I'm out on Calvin Ridley as a wide receiver one week. So we all need to bench Ridley this week, okay? Because Mags is gonna start him. So yeah, I, but, was, but no. I was forced to start him in a lot of places, thankfully. But yeah, that is that is accurate. <laughs> um, he's a tough one for me this week because they play the Panthers. They play the Panthers, and the Panthers are relatively good against the wide receivers well if... it's just because teams run all over them they're not good against wide receivers people don't need okay okay but if travis etn is going to put up 50 points yeah they don't exactly. need to throw the ball do they exactly yeah but it's you not because the panthers are good the panthers are shit <laughs> like at everything i just so, wish you wouldn't sit on the fence max and just give us a, a take <laughs> so that was that was a solid one. Um, we'll, we'll move yeah. on from Ridley. We're going to keep it at, at wide receiver. The guy that stood out for me is a Christmas cracker. Um, I mean, first of all, I think it could have easily been Flacco and Amari Cooper. That stack yeah. was yeah. tremendous. Uh, we do know Cooper's got it in. We know that Flacco's been pretty decent the past few weeks. But that wasn't the guy that stood out to me. It was George Pickens. Um, wide receiver two on the week. He had a 34.5 fantasy point game wide receiver 29 on the year which isn't great i don't think based on um just looking at the pure numbers where you might have expected to be but really tough situation um i think the weeks the weekend's game where he, he showed out we probably could have predicted it he had rudolph for qb it's christmas time Come on. it all made sense for it to be the perfect <laughs> storm uh, usually rudolph's pulling the sleigh but i think this week it was pickings pulling Rudolph's sleigh was it so um yeah i think it's only his fourth game that he's been in the top 20 this season but actually when you look at his full career 800 yards last season a thousand yards this season he's 22 years old look at some of the horror shows that have been throwing passes to him at qb uh, obviously yeah. now i'm not a, a big kenny pickett fan to say the least he's absolutely terrible uh, Rudolph's uh, probably an upgrade on him, to uh, to, be, to be fair. But I just think we're at a point now with Pickens where you're either on one side of the corner, I feel, where there's some promise, he's been in a bad situation, it's going to get better, or he's more of a name-than-game sort of guy. He's a, a little bit like a mini DK Metcalf, looks great with his top off. Fans love him because he makes super catches. He's got that that meme or that gif where he's looking at the TV or he's full snood <laughs> on or something. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll come to you first, Mags, on this one. Pickens looking into next season and his career. Are you are you someone that's buying into it more? Someone that you think actually it's just a second coming of DK Metcalf? I don't think he's the second coming of DK Metcalf because I think he's the second coming of another player. Because this is very Ooh. very reminiscent of two three years ago when everyone was speaking about Gabe Davis, is it not? <sighs> wow, damn right. it. <laughs> Remember, like, Gabe Davis, this guy that would explode every now and again, but had clear flaws to his game. People got real, real in on Gabe Davis, if you remember. I think Pickens is a better overall player and talent, but I still think he might end up being this Gabe Davis kind of boom-bust type player, just a better version 
of that. That's kind of my my prediction for Pickens. Do like him, but yeah, I think more of a best ball guy probably. Right, and uh, and Paul, what's your thoughts on Pickens uh, looking into next season? Obviously, not not no relation, but no relation, um, unfortunately, no relation. Just to confirm that. Um, yeah, is it Gabe Davis? Is it DK Metcalf? Is it better? Or is it somewhere in between? Uh, weirdly, I was gonna I was gonna compare him to MVS and say he's a Ooh. big best ball guy. He's oh he's somebody that you, if you if you draft him in a, in a team where you have to pick your team and set your lineup each week, you're never gonna know when you want to start pickings. You know, yeah. you look at I'm just looking on sleeper now. He was from week seven. He was 19, 53, 93, 44, 47, 48, 30, 49, 50. There is no way that you started him in that week. There's no way. And we all know what the fantasy community is like. Everyone is going to start him next week. Yeah. And he's going to do horrible. He's going to do nothing. He's actually playing the Seahawks. So maybe you see DK and his Ooh. and his apprentice, you know. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> but like, you know, so to me, he is, I think I'd feel very happy drafting somebody like that in the later rounds of like a dynasty best ball startup. Whereas I don't think I'd feel that great about taking him in like a, a normal dynasty where you have to set your lineup because I just don't think I'd have the confidence to put him in my team. Yeah, I'm in a lot of leagues and he did appear on two matchups. Uh, one again, one against me, one for me this week, but they were both best ball format, dynasty best ball. So you kind of deal with that as it is. I don't think there's many teams that have won, made the semis with Pickens as a starter or two started him unless unless something's happened like they've got Keenan Allen and um it, Pickens has been on the bench and they've, they've kept him and plugged him in and got lucky but I can't see teams planning that ahead and thinking he's having that that blast off game with Rudolph at Christmas unless they're very sentimental um <laughs> so so yeah I think I do agree with you guys I think he's a big risk uh, moving into next year but he's one of those guys where if situation gets better it could potentially go the way i think he was a really highly touted prospect coming out he had a, a bad injury that's could have taken a bit of time to, to get over i don't think we've seen the true potential of him but again it's what your expectations are if he's in your flex great if he's a starter not so great um, and speaking of not so great it's my favorite christmas film coming up but uh for fantasy this is a great if you're the grinch is it we're talk, going to talk about some guys that stole week 16, but in a bad way. And I'm going to kick us off. It's a guy that, weirdly, I've been bashing quite a bit. Uh, I actually like the player. I've got a lot of him in, in Dynasty. Some that in redress has been great as well. It's, it's Brock Purdy. QB 33 on the week. I mean, there's 32 stars on the week, and he was QB 33. So that's pretty impressive to be that bad on the best team since uh, the undefeated Dolphins. Um, 2.4 fantasy points uh, this week, which was obviously terrible in a, in a tough matchup. But I think fantasy-wise, let's let's take a step back. QB six in fantasy points per game on the year. He's got Washington in week 17. Oh. It's fair to say that's a perfect bounce back situation. Um, but yeah, situation-wise, it's kind of telling the story that it is about the system. Let's look at real life. Play Baltimore, the best team in the FC or the most on-form team in the AFC, we'll say, because Mags is here. Um, four, <laughs> four interceptions, zero passing touchdowns, and the 49ers were still well within the game. Like, I think they out, out 
gained them on several other statistics. Uh, it was just the turnovers that cost them. So that should tell you enough you need to know about Brock Purdy, that he's had the worst game of his life and they've still nearly won. It should tell you that he's in the MVP running because of the situation, not because of him as a talent. I think it's a great story that he's been a late-round drafted guy. He's clearly on the best team in the NFC for me, but he's nowhere near being MVP. I just feel that it's great in a way that I think that he's not going to get it because I don't think he deserves it. He's done a great job. He's passed for about 4,000 pass yards. Um, he's on the best team by a mile uh, in, in the NFC, in my view. If they had somebody better at QB, they might even be undefeated at this stage. I think the, the rest of the team is that good compared to the, the rest that they've done well. So it was a mild shock that Baltimore went in and did them as they did. But again, turnovers are crucial. So, yeah, I don't think he's going to get MVP, but I just want to know from you guys, who do you think will win it? Not who should win it, because that'll be Tyreek or CMC, but who do you think will win the MVP now? Come to you first, Max. Patrick uh, Mahomes. Lamar, right? <laughs> Lamar Jackson, I think, will win it. They're gonna, they should secure the number one seed going in. It's usually a battle between the number one seed and quarterbacks, usually, right? I think it will end up going to Lamar Jackson. I mean, personally, I think if anything, that game didn't harm Purdy's chances MVP. It actually showed you that the real MVP in that 49ers team is Trent Williams because that whole team fell apart when he came out. The whole team fell apart. So it shows you that's a guy that should be in the running, but he never, he'll never even get mentioned. Absolutely right, Paul. Lamar, is he the man? It's is hard, he going to get it? It's hard to argue. It's 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 a bullshit um, award, if I'm honest, yeah. because the, you know Lamar hasn't had that season where he's been phenomenal all season. But if he goes as the number one, if the, if the team make it as the number one seed, they're probably going to give it to him. Brock yeah. Purdy's had his games where he's looked garbage. This game he was garbage. You know he'll be in the running for it. People will still throw Dak Prescott's name in there. He's had a couple of garbage weeks. When we all know, ultimately, the people that should win it is Tyree Kill or Christian McCaffrey or somebody yeah. like that who have who have literally game changers changed yeah. the whole team and everything around them and and do it week in week out christian mccaffrey again this week he went out you know brock purdy's had a garbage game christian mccaffrey's still running and running and running and running and just doing whatever he needs to do and he won't even he won't even get a look in so you know but i have to say i have to say go speaking of brock purdy he's i think he's a legend if i'm honest so i was in a semi-final 10 points clear and the other guy had brock purdy still to play so I think he's a legend, mate, to be honest. So I, I, I made it through by eight points. There will be wow. no quarterback rostered more in third-place playoffs than Brock Purdy. <laughs> <laughs> should call him Bronze Purdy, shouldn't we? Um, hey! Have it. Have it. Yeah, we'll move on to the next guy. And the, the next Grinch, it's the guy that's been very popular over the years he's been a championship winner he still might be but this week he stole the show for the wrong reasons mags who are you talking about tell us your love story <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh it's travis kelsey it's travis tight end 20 the last two weeks i mean 
Yeah. People asking, are the wheels coming off? Kind of, right? Kind of is the answer. The problem is, he's being like double teamed, but not in a regular like sense. There's always a man stuck on him. But now teams, instead of playing press coverage, double teaming him, they're playing one press and one zone. So even when he catches the ball, there's someone right there to get him every time. Because the Chiefs have got nobody else to throw to. So I, while I think the wheels are coming off points-wise, I still see, like the same Travis Kelsey, whenever he gets a yard or two, then look out, like he is he's coming. But teams just know, Mahomes doesn't trust you know anybody else outside of like Rasheed Rice, I suppose. But he's a rookie and he's not, you can get an experienced corner to handle him. Yeah, he's just been so disappointing for someone that should be a game changer. He's still not like losing you weeks, you know? Because he put a tight end in, he's scoring an acceptable amount of points for a tight end in your tight end slot. If you're like flexing him out, though, which a lot of people might do, they might have one tight end and then Kelsey on the, in the flex, then he might become an issue for your team. But it's just been so disappointing. The Chiefs have just been like so ruined by just the drops, by the receivers, by just this. I mean, you can tell Matt Nagy's the offensive coordinator, put it that way. <laughs> Oh yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, it's, it's been such a, a tough season. And I said on the dash a couple of weeks back, or maybe even last week, that he's not giving you that 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 uh, buffer that he's been giving you previous years, where he's been five, six points clear of tight end two. So he's, he hasn't met expectations. The body is wearing down a little bit, I think, with some of the injuries as well. Um, he keeps getting groin injuries for some reason. I'm not sure why, but uh, that's a joke, by the way. Um, so yeah, I think with with Kelsey, it's it, it's an interesting question. Does he retire? Does he carry on next season? How will that look, Paul? If uh, you're doing your your startups next season, right? Uh, where where where's where's your ranking for you? Tight end one, tight end three, tight end five. Mate, I can't believe you've asked me this question. <laughs> That is the worst question in the world. And I was going to throw it to you too, actually. I, I had this in my head. I was going to be like, oh, how soon do you draft him? Um, because because it's that name, isn't it? You get on the draft board. If he's committed to next year, you're like, how more? Oh, I, I can't let him drop that far because if he, if he does what we know he can do, he is genuinely a difference maker in your team. At the moment, oh, I think there's two tight ends I'd take before him. Mm-hmm. Okay, two. And that is Sam Laporta and Mark Andrews. And then I think I'd take Kelsey. Mags, who's your other one apart from Sam Laporta? Oh, Dalton good game, mate. Yeah. He's, he's right He's right there with, with Dalton. Um, Kelsey's real interesting. <laughs> I don't think he'll retire. I think he'll come back for... At least one more year. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't see retirement this year. Not even next year either. I think he might even go on for for another two. I mean, just look at his brother. Like Jason's gone and played forever and it was a different position. But like I think Travis will have that same sort of mindset. He have his brother saying like, "I will regretted retiring early." Like I love that I kept playing. Like, yeah, I think he'll he'll keep going. I think I think you have to have. There's no, there's no like, there's no right answer for this. It depends. Do you value age, or do you value that like two year window, which I think most of us will play in that kind of two to three year window. So I think that really pushes him up in my ranks. When it's all said and done, I guarantee, I, I would say in most cases you'll see Kelsey be the first tight end off the board still next year. I, I would be surprised if he isn't. 
like just because he's got that name. The Chiefs will address things in the draft. The hype will start out with Kelsey again. He will probably be that number one tight end coming off the board still. But Sam Laporte is going to be right behind him. Behind him. TJ Hawkinson is going to be up there as well as, as the other guys. So tight ends are real, really, really strong right now, which is good. So a guy like Kelsey isn't as important maybe as he used to be anyway, which is quite interesting. Yeah, you mentioned it's been strong, but it was a disappointing week for, for tight ends. And yeah, Christmas week. Not great tight ends, Paul, right? Yeah, it was it was awful, mate. Um, so my guy is um I've got a whole team to talk about in a minute and we'll get to that. But my first guy is Sam Laporta. Um, you know, for somebody for somebody that's done so well on so many occasions, three receptions for 18 yards is just one of them that you just didn't need that this week you know it was like of all weeks to have one of your worst weeks of the season you picked this week you know um and actually in my money league i kind of feel like he he really hurt me because i benched him last week for george kittle and then i've benched george kittle this week for sam laporta so (laughs) so i i feel like i've got a bit of a hatred for sam laporta at the moment to be honest but um but yeah, so I wanted to um, also mention this team. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen this. Um, and this is just sort of fantasy as a whole. And this is what we have to put up with. And so uh, a QB of Derek Carr, a running back of Brees Hall and Tyler Algier, wide receivers of Amari Cooper and George Pickens, a tight end of Kyle Pitts and T Higgins in your flex spot. That team averaged 75.9 fantasy points per game over the course of the season and in week 16 it scored 209.8 points just as a plan okay and you just you just looking at this and and what what we all love this game and it all frustrates the crap out of us but you know that there's going to be a team that are in sixth place that have snuck yeah. into the playoffs squeezed through and they've they've ended up going into the semi final. They're playing the number one seed that's dominated the whole season, and they're like like twelve and two or twelve and whatever. Like you know, they and they've done it, and then they've come up, and this guy's gone. Oh, oh I'm, I miss it. He's still out on IR. Okay, I'll put Amari Cooper in, and oh, I'm gonna have to roll with Kyle Pitts. He's he's the best tight end I've got, and oh, I've, you know, I've got and, it, and all these players have turned up, and now the person that's dominated the whole season is now in the third place playoff, and this guy's gonna go to the final and have an absolute shit show again, and ha- and it's just and it's just fantasy football. So my yeah. my Grinch this year is all of them players. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. That's why I think just just to echo what you said, um, I've seen so many sixth seeds in like in finals, yeah, beating one seeds. I've seen so many one seeds not even make the final, or two seeds not making the final. It's been pretty mind blowing to be honest. Uh, I went out in a semi to a team that had Mason Roldal, Rudolph at QB, which is just like what is going on. Um, It makes you want to quit, doesn't it? Makes you want to quit. You're like, how have I just lost to Mason Rudolph? <laughs> and, and that's that's in a lineup league. It's not just a really massive dynasty best ball. It's, it's that is a lineup that was a choice. Um, well, it wasn't a choice. It was in more stick or something. But um, yeah, just terrible, terrible news. Great film is the Grinch, but it's been a, a bad topic to talk about. We're going to brighten things up now. We're going to go to the Chris, Christmas wish. So, want to hear from you guys on what are your 
wishing for? What are you wanting to happen? What are you hoping for in Championship Week coming up? Come to you first, Paul. So, so I have, um, I've look, I'm looking at the teams that I'm in the Championship game, and one team that stands out that I've got quite a few of is the Kansas City Chiefs. So my Christmas wish this year is that Brittany Mahomes and <laughs> Taylor Swift don't go to the game and let the boys focus on what they need to do and play some goddamn football, okay? Remember that 87 is a good player and pass him the ball every now and then. Let him get in the end zone and let's get these Chiefs to get some points so I can win my home league yes. for the third time in six years. Okay, that's all I want. Okay, that's all I want, and I'm going against my little brother, so I need to beat him. So this is this is about so much more. So I want all Chiefs players to to do a bit, but also I want Sam Laporta to do something. Okay, I'm going to put my faith in Sam Laporta. I'm going to roll with him again. I'm in my money league. I'm in the third place playoff, and if I finish third, I get basically my money back from what I paid this year. So. Sam Laporta, my guy, do this for me. Step up. Let's get let's get three tuddies. Three tuddies will do me do me the world of good, okay? Wow, that's not asking for a lot of the Christmas wish, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's all right, mate. It's all right. Ringing endorsement though for from you, Mags, on the the Kelsey and the Chiefs. What's your Absolutely. thoughts on that? Will it happen? I mean, we're playing Marriage Bruni and those those pesky Bengals. So um, yeah, absolutely, we're going to absolutely thrash the Bengals. Where are you playing them? Oh, good question. Um, Is it a Burrowhead? Never heard of it. <laughs> Burrowhead, my ass. Because <laughs> you know, you know, if you lose, right? You know, if you lose, Twitter is going to be overrun with that video of. Travis Kelsey going, burrowhead my ass. Oh, be what? What do they call it? Browning head? <laughs> Browning head? Mate, I, if, you so lose, I'm, if you lose, I'm just yeah. going to send you that clip every day till the next time you play the Bengals. Yeah, I think um, I think it might be at, at Arrowhead. Arrowhead Stadium. Yes. That's good. That's good. Hopefully it's a strong game um, for various reasons. But uh, we'll come to you, Max, for your pick and then I'll, uh, I'll wrap us up on the Christmas wishes. Yeah, give me a guy that actually between week 14 and 16 has actually sneakily almost been a running back one. So coming back into form a little bit. Austin Eckler. It just makes me sad not seeing this guy perform as well as we know he, he can. But I was convinced that guy could not have been healthy because I know people say, oh, you age overnight. But not like, not like this. Like Eckler was a slam dunk at the start of the season, well in the top five running back, got injured and has come back and not looked the same. Now, I just think he's not quite fully fit. And I think that slowly that is creeping back up and he's getting back into form now. So I'm hoping to see those targets keep increasing. He's got 12 targets for the last two games. That could go way up. I mean, Zeke Elliott's got 21 targets in the last two games, for goodness sake. Like, let's, let's get that a little bit up there as well. So... Yeah, I'd like to see Austin Eckler end the season with a bang. I've got quite a few Austin Eckler shares ready to go. I'm going to have to play him in a few leagues as well because of injuries. So, yeah, let's let's get Austin Eckler Christmas wish. He he deserves it. He's such a nice guy as well. It'd be good for him, right? Yeah, he looks a bit of fantasy, doesn't he? Good bloke. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I, I'm tilting a bit on Eckler. Um, called him as a called him out as a buy a couple of weeks back, and then he went on a terrible run despite uh, relatively easy matchups. Yeah. Um, the sea of green as such on on sleeper, so mm. I'm tilting. Um, not got too much of him, but I want him to do well. He's a good bloke. He's been very fruitful in the past for for several teams I've had. So um, fingers crossed. Let's get praying for Austin Eckler. Um, yeah, any any closing thoughts on Eckler, Paul? Can you do it? Are you a fan of Eckler still? Are you are you out? I, I like Eckler, and I'm just looking on. Um, they play in Denver, and they play Denver in week 14. And he finishes running back eight that week. Um, he had 10 rushes, 51 yards, a touchdown, five receptions and for 49 yards. And uh, he's playing Denver, who have just benched Russell Wilson as well. So the, I don't know what's going on in Denver. So it may be it may be an interesting game. And I think the Chargers need to finish on a bit of a high, if I'm honest. They've had a, a pretty shit the last few weeks, haven't they? So. Yeah. Yeah, the Broncos won and three of the last four games. If it had actually been just a flip, three and one, they'd be right in the hunt, weren't they, for the for the West? So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild to think that they, they had that record because it didn't feel like there was the, that calibre of team. But I think Sean Payne's done a good job. Um, it's going to be interesting when, who is it, um, Jared Stidham goes for like 300 and four touchdowns at the weekend. And all the Russell Wilson owners that are in finals. That haven't picked him up. They, uh, I'm one of those guys, by the way. I've got him in two finals, and seeing the news, just like what, what, what leagues? Am I in these leagues? Uh, I need to go and pick no. up. I need, I need to go and pick up Jarrett Stidham now. And <laughs> no, I think it. I think I'll be rolling with Jordan Love in one, and um, Joe Flacco in another. So it's not, it's not horrible. But imagine winning a ship with Joe Flacco. That would be absolute perfection. Uh, in, insane in the membrane. Data. <coughs> Comeback player of the year, in my opinion, other than Damar Hamlin, which who it will win the award. It's Joe Flacco. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, my Christmas wish, it's it, it's kind of a bit broader than one player. It's, it's speaking about a couple of matchups. So you've got Detroit at Dallas, you've got Miami at Baltimore, you've got obviously the Bengals at the Chiefs as well. I think what I'm wishing for is over points. I want these to be shootouts. I want to see tons yeah. of scoring. I think it applies to all formats. So redraft the dynasty. If you're in finals this week, you want tons of touchdowns, you want tons of points. It's going to give you a better chance of putting up a massive score. DFS-wise, over-under games tend to be more fruitful for winning big competitions if you're matching the right stacks and the, the bringbacks, etc. And then just... One thing I want people to think about, and I'll, I'll ask you boys this as well, it's, it's about your 2024 drafts, whether that be redraft, whether it be dynasty. Um, how much weight or emphasis will you or do you already put on drafting players on teams that are elite, that are going to score a ton of points, have lots of touchdown opportunities? Um, I think... Bear in mind that there is some players that do well in fantasy on bad teams because they may be yeah. playing from behind or they score um, a ton of touchdowns or something like that. But um, just your thoughts, really, when it comes to your drafts next year, are you going to be thinking, right, I need to pick players on good teams? Are you going to try and predict that? Or are you just going to pick a player and hope that talent 
things out. And we'll come to, oh, who shall we come to? Let's go to Paul Pickens. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I definitely, I definitely do try and pick like the high powered offense as such. I do yeah. like a high, you know, a high powered offense. You know that they're always going to score points, but I will limit myself to how many players I take from that that like single team as such. So I'm going to tell you a little story. I love my little stories. I love to tell you about things that go on in in my lives and my leagues and stuff. So I've got a guy, um, and he played in a matchup in our home dynasty league. I've just tried to get the matchup now. And he was really like predicted to win and everything like this. And he had Brock Purdy. He had Debo Samuel. He had George Kittle. He had Jake Moody. And we play with defensive players as well. And he had Nick Bosa. Okay. So I, I you don't need to guess which team he supports. <laughs> but he started one, two three, four, five players from the same team. Now, like, I I want parts of that 49ers offense because they are a high-powered offense and they score a lot of points. But I don't want too many of that offense because now, as he's found out, his team didn't do that well, didn't put up many points or anything like that this week. And he's it's been affected by five players. Now, that's a good, you know, two, like a, a third to if not a half of his team that have scored yeah. low points. So when I do when I do look at drafting, I do look at limiting myself and not going too crazy with, with certain teams. And I do like, you know, this year, as you could tell what I mentioned earlier, I have drafted a lot of Chiefs, Chiefs players. I wanted that high-powered offense. And yeah, don't want them now. Mags, obviously you'll want them, but just the, just the overall philosophy on high-powered teams, when it goes right, it's great. When it goes wrong, it can be um, a detriment to your team. But I guess, um, yeah, what, what's what's your view on, on this with the targeting high-powered teams? Is it something you do? Is it something you'll do more of? Or is it just a case of see how it falls? Um, yeah, it's a bit of a weird, isn't it? Like I think we've seen this year with the Texans, you're you're one quarterback away from being a high powered yeah. offense. So I think I'll generally just take whoever I think is the better player, and and hopefully will they'll end up with you know a good a good quarterback eventually, or they'll be good enough to to make it work with like an older veteran or something that comes in. Garrett Wilson being the perfect example, right? He's on a terrible offense, but he's still way way up there in my wide receiver rankings because he's such a good player. Like I'm not taking Garrett Wilson ahead of like Rashi Rice, right? Rashi Rice on a high-powered offense, good yeah. player. I'm taking Gert Wilson every single time. So it is an interesting balance like between what do you do, but yeah, nine times out of ten, I'll just take whoever I think is the better player and hopefully the team will, will get it right eventually for them. Yeah, I think it's sound advice across the board from, from both of you there on that, the fact that no matter what format you play DFS as well, if you're going to have a little bit of a little bit of a stack and a correlation. That's great. It's it's got a good chance if you're going to have a full team of one specific um, one specific franchise, you, you're in big trouble. Um, I've seen plenty of teams in championships where they've got like a I don't know a McCaffrey and a Kittle or something like that, and it's it's worked on this occasion. But yeah, it's always that danger that if the week goes wrong, 
you're, you're getting bounced out by the sixth seed. So we've got Christmas in the rearview mirror. We're going to be looking ahead to the new year and specifically our new year's resolutions. So this is something where we're going to talk about something that we're going to look to change in terms of our approach to fantasy in 2024. I'll kick us off. I think I want to talk about being aggressive on waivers because I've shown too much loyalty to teams I've drafted. I think dynasty-wise, it's slightly different because you've got bigger rosters, you've got uh, longer time limits as such. You can always play for next year, um, a way of avoiding accountability. But I think when it comes to redraft, it's something that's that's really interesting that I've, I have struggled in the past with redraft of holding guys till week six and then my team's one and five, uh, one and four, and it's it's a big struggle to get back. I think just looking at being aggressive on waivers, I'll give some context. In Dynasty, you could have got the QB5 of waivers, QB5 and fancy points per game, Joe Flacco. Um, also, top 25 running backs, depending on how deep your league is, Zach Moss, Joe and four, they're both in the top 25 in fancy points per game. Redraft's where it really stands out to me. So running back two in fantasy points per game, very likely on waivers in your redraft league before week one. That was Kyron Williams running back two fantasy points per game. Absolutely mental. Wide receiver 19, Tank Dell. Again, someone that could have been drafted, but will have been on a lot of waivers based on the projection of the Texans, like you said. And then depending on how casual your league is or how deep your league is, guys like Puka could have been on waivers in redraft. Guys like Sam Laporte could have been on waivers. Yeah. Um, I, I had an example in my home league where I drafted Kyle Pitts and I've hung on to him pretty much all season through thick and thin, which has been a bad choice. Uh, avoided and missed out on guys like Dalton Schultz, like Trey McBride, um, like Dave Ferguson. These were on waivers a couple of weeks into the season. I've now got Darren Waller, obviously, dropped Pitts and uh, he had a, an okay game. So, um, so yeah. That, that's one thing for me I'm going to take forward into next season about being more aggressive on waivers in redraft and not being as loyal as I have been in the past. So what's your New Year's resolution, Max? Uh, I'm going to link mine to the rookie drafts coming up and I'm going to be a bit more bullish with my own rankings and move people a little bit less based on other people. I think I would have been better off doing that this year. I think I maybe listened to too many other things and had too many opinions in my head. And I moved people up or down. Tank Dell being a prime example, someone who I moved down quite a few times because of, you know, listening to all the people. I really should have just trusted myself. So I think I'm going to be a bit more bullish with it and just take people wherever I really think they should go. And then I'll only have myself to blame, really. So that's that's really what I'm going to be doing is just still factoring in what other people are saying, but. I'm not necessarily going to actually move anybody. I might just listen with a like cautious ear, but but keep my my ranks and, and my opinions the same. Love that, love that, Max. It's a sound approach to trust yourself, be confident, see what happens. Um, I know you really get into your your Devi threads and um, sort of following college football in a lot more depth nowadays. So I think it's. It's going to be interesting to see what you put out as, as content over the, the coming months, and maybe uh, maybe start following wise words of a wise man. Thank you. Perfect segue to Paul Pickens' New Year's resolution. <laughs> so, mate, when I read the show sheet, I thought Mags wrote weight loss, 
and I was going to make some kind of joke about weight loss. Well, that's it. So I just wanted to add that in. I thought Mags was like going for like a news like like I, I, to start with the way I read it, I was like, oh, are we giving our actual New Year's resolution here or something like you know? Are we, do the marathon. Are we, talk, are we going fish? Fish? Oh, I can't even get the word out now. So, oh no, it's gone. It's gone. I'm not. I'm not even going to try it. I'm not even going to try it. You um, said it would be getting with fists. So I was getting a bit worried. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I don't want to sound like I, I'm going to echo you, Kev. Um, and I want I want to speak about Mags's as well. Like, but like, I I found that I'm overvaluing everything. Like, I won't I won't trade with many people. I feel like people are trying to lowball me and everything like this. And I'm like, I'm not going to trade him for that. And I do think there's been places where I was a couple of pieces away from being a team that I could go and win it with. But I've gone. Oh, I'm not going to give you my first round pick for that that's a ridiculous value and then you look back at it and you go actually i was probably being i was probably trying to win the 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 trade more than actually what was going to work for my team and i think i need to i do need to look at a way of where i'm like i need to value things differently and and be more open to having chats with conversation like with people about trading. And I know it's something I have said on on the hot seat before, where it's like, you know, you need to you need to start these conversations. But I sort of get these offers sometimes. It's like, oh, you I'm willing to like listen to offers, and they give you an offer, and you're like, Oh, that's horse shit, don't talk to me anymore, you know? And it's like I, I need to be more I need to value I need to look at the way that I value people and look at look at things differently. You know, the, the same as what you were saying about like waiver wires, I think in redraft, that's how you win a redraft league is a waiver yeah. wire. If you're active on the waiver wire, you can win a redraft league because there's always going to be people available that is going to change your team. Dynasty, I think you have to value your players right and and be willing to move pieces. I'm I'm one of these that sits on a player going, do you know what? He's going to be good for me for the next two years. Unless you're going to give me five first round picks and I can build my team differently, I'm I'm not going to want it. Whereas like, you know, I, I, I'm overvaluing that player then. You know, I, I made a trade this week. Uh, I traded away Tyreek Hill for Tank Dell in a first-round pick. Now, to me, like two months ago, I'd have gone, no, if you want Tyreek Hill, you're going to give me two first rounds, your life, your wife, your kids, <laughs> and Tank Dell. Like, you know what I mean? But actually looking at it, you go, well, Tank Dell's going to be value for me for the next couple of years and he's going to be good value and I'm getting a first round pick but yes I am giving away what is the wide receiver one on the season you know but it, so I'm, I'm trying that's what I want to do next year I really want to look at how I value people and and trust trust my instinct a little bit more you know yeah if you look at your dynasty teams that are like there are leagues that are like four five years old at least the worst teams are always the teams that held on to the assets too long always and they just asked for too much, and then they got old, and they left the league, or their value depreciated, and they've got nothing. They're always the worst teams. Yeah, agreed. I think it's a, a great shout, a great uh, sentiment, and I'll oh, end up. I'm I'm guilty of. I'll get an offer, and it'll be close. I'll be just like, no, it's 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 sixty forty your favour. Let's make it more 50-50. So. I, I agree with you on that, and it's so yeah. Bad. I'm 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 the guy that's like I want it sixty forty in my. All oh, right. <laughs> I want I want to be winning this trade. If I come out of this trade better, I'm winning. But it's but it could be me that's wanting that piece to go and win the league, and it's like I want Christian McCaffrey from you 
but I want you to sell him to me cheap. And it's like, <laughs> you know, but then if they want to buy Christian McCaffrey from me, I'm like, no, no, hang on. You're going to have to give up the house to come and get him now. And it's, I need to sort of find a balance there, a nice little balance. Yeah, I love that. So I might, just, uh, I might come to you boys in about five minutes after the show for, for some Russell Wilson replacements after this good cheer. <laughs> 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 it'll cost you your life <laughs> oh, who's going Sorry, that late when you're dead um, yeah we've got a little bit of time left so I'll throw one last question out to you because it's a Christmas special looking into 2024 your drafts whether it be down state or redraft two word answer who's the player that you target I'll come to you first Max so sorry if you've got to do a ball name, Valdez Scanlon. <laughs> two, two words. I'm glad you got to, I'm glad you got to him first. It gives me a chance to have a little look. Garrett Wilson. Pop it in. Do you want me to go? Yeah, you go. Right. Justin Fields. Ooh. Again. Again. Tank Dell. Nice. I love him. I actually love him. I love you boys as well. It's been a pleasure to come on and be the fifth host of the Rewind Show as part of the Fantasy Wildcard Christmas special. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on X at Fantasy Wildcard. You can catch all of our shows and accounts from there. Plus, head over to our YouTube channel. That can also be found at Fantasy Wildcard on YouTube. And make sure that you subscribe Follow us and you're not going to miss any of our amazing shows. We're the best three, but we're part of a bigger tribe, a bigger squad, but we're all pretty awesome. So, yeah, thank you once again. Best of luck in your championship finals. Hope you win the ship. Happy New Year. And we'll see you again soon. <laughs>